everyone, and welcome to the session on first-party data, the future of personalization built on trust and privacy. I'll quickly go ahead and introduce myself. My name is Arshdeep Sood, and I am a solutions engineer here at OneTrust. I have an extensive background in implementing the platform, working with the industry and solutioning, uh, everything related to technology and compliance. I also have my privacy credentials with IAPP. So think of myself as a great blend of privacy and engineering, especially as we are working towards the future. Now with that, let me just go ahead and set the agenda for today's session. So being industry experts at OneTrust, we really wanted to make sure that you take away three key items from this session. The first one is what's driving trust. So I'll focus on all the industry drivers in the first segment. I'll then focus on what are the solutions that we are looking at when we think about a cookie-less world. And towards the end, I'll definitely touch on a few expertise points and discuss some next steps that you can work towards. So let's get started. The first piece itself is industry drivers. Now, what we have seen is that you can make best predictions of the future when you look at the past. So anything in 2022 or even beyond has to be a reflection of what has been impacting everything about our data, about our industry in the past couple of years. So we have significantly seen that there has been a shift in how data collection and personalization works. It's come from things like changes in privacy regulation, started with that big change in 2016 with GDPR, the recent 2020 CCPA, and the upcoming CPRA. We also saw that to support these experiences, a lot of frameworks and guidelines came along, like IAB, IACO, ISO. And then at the end, all these big technology players have also taken stances on how they can provide better data privacy and experience to their end users. And so things like ITP, iOS 14 updates, IDFA, and the other conversation around the third-party cookies going away has come into focus. So the predictions still continue to be the same where we are looking at an industry where the consumers will have more control about their interactions. They'll have experiences where tracking technologies would be better monitored or restricted. And additionally, these consumers will have the ability to limit the amount of tracking and targeting that happens to them, or at least give a choice on what works for them. What we have seen in the past is that browsers have made significant changes. It started out with Edge, then it moved over to Mozilla, Safari, and Chrome. So depends on exactly what you look at for a source as for the best estimates of browser usage. But these are the numbers that we have been working with where Chrome has the biggest market share. Now, Mozilla Firefox uh, came up with enhanced tracking protection. It was made fully available back in 2018, where it activated by default uh, for everyone who was deploying this in 2019. And then it was switched over with having the ability to block dropping of third-party cookies. And now with uh, Safari, it's pretty much the same thing. They go with the ITP, which is Intelligent Tracking Prevention. And we are all discussing Chrome's uh, changes that's coming along. We really want to be focused on what are the things that will happen all through 2022 and 2023 with all these changes coming along. Now, 
a big part of this entire process is the fact that third-party cookies have slowly been going away over time and they will be going away over the 2022 time period. So like I already mentioned, 2017, we saw Safari ITP come up with their first implementation on limiting these experiences. It scaled through 2029, sorry, 2019. And then um, now Chrome announced that they will be phasing out cookies. So what can one do when we want to survive in this cookie-less world that's bound to happen initiating this year and all through 2023 and beyond? The main thing that you want to think about is developing a plan of action. So all of 2021, my conversations with customers have been very driven about defining a strategy. We're still in January of 2022. It's not too late. You can still go ahead, take up those initiatives and really go ahead and define and determine what is it that works best for your organizations, be focused on certain channels that you're operating on and certain revenue patterns and streams that you would prefer to work through and uh, continue to have. Um, Throughout this year, what we see customers do in our expertise here is the fact that Throughout this year, we want to focus on executing some sort of an action plan so that we can be well prepared for 2023. So getting ahead of Google's deadline is what you really want to focus on. It will give you a lot of time to acclimatize yourself to all those changes and new approaches that you might have to render for these end users to have a personalized experience without third-party cookies. And with that, 2023 would be that year where you'll see all of this go into effect. You will have a plan of action predefined that you are comfortable with. You'll also have the ability to now go ahead and monitor those changes and really reflect on what has worked for you and is it still continuing to work for you. In this entire experience, we have had a lot of people across the board really understand what first-party data can bring to the table. And in a surveys, in a lot of surveys run over 2021, of the marketers say that collecting first-party data has been their priority. And our predictions stay the same throughout 2022. With cookies going away, these organizations are looking to build a relationship with the end user. Now, you can certainly rely on cohorts. You can certainly rely on universal identifiers. But many businesses are taking the onus on themselves that, hey, we are interacting with this end user. We want to know them better. And we have a great value exchange to pitch if they were to let us know who they are or give us any additional data points. And so the shift has been towards first-party data capture over any other mechanisms for third-party cookies going away. Now, as we start the conversation around third-party cookies going away and bringing in first-party data, it's important for us to understand what they are and what's the value you get out of them. So zero-party data is something that you would directly collect from your consumer. Typically, examples around these surround things like you are collecting consent about how would a person want to receive communication. So, hey, you really like my article. Would you want to go ahead and sign up? Or would you want to have emails received or SMSs, ETC? The first-party data also goes along the same lines. Uh, It is directly collected from consumers maybe more so to support secondary requirements. So things like you um, 
they place an order with you and you need to collect their address to process that order and send it to them as part of the delivery service. And that's sort of a first part data capture that you don't necessarily need to build communications with, but you need to complete a business process. But it's still directly given from the consumer, so it stands to be a first party data capture. Now, there are other ways you could potentially be collecting data from these end users. One of this is second party data, which essentially means it's someone else first party data. So somebody else collected it and then they are sharing it with you so that you can help process maybe a delivery in this case. So say you collected a user's address and now you're sharing it with FedEx or UPS. That would be the second party data for them. And then the third party data is more of an aggregation across different sources. So uh, this is where you might be sharing with vendors who could use that data point for certain operations and business processes, or even just in terms of when we think about CCP scope of sale, that might fall into that category. Now, throughout this data capture mechanism, what we see throughout this year, individuals go through is define a data capture lifecycle. So throughout 2022, you want to not only work on building out the strategy, but also identifying that if I'm going to collect a user's data point as first party data capture, what is the identifier I want to profile them against? And then how can I progressively understand them better? How can I use different channels of communications that I have with them to continually build on that profile? And then once that holistic profile has been built at the back end, how do I go ahead and activate that experience for these end users so that one, I can understand my audience better, my demographics better, but two, at the same time, provide this end user a more personalized, customized, relevant experience to whatever our brand is offering to them. So three in five marketers did say that first party data captured drove stronger ROIs for their campaigns. And such predictions from last year are very much relevant for this coming year. Um, throughout this year, you will see a lot of customers move into that experience. And a quick example of what you can also accomplish with this strategy is, say somebody is going through material on your page and you want to go ahead and recommend that this that you are reading is something that we would like to keep you updated on or posted on. So why not sign up for our newsletter? And when you are doing this, you're also going through a process of data transparency, and you're also going through a process of proper notice and disclosure. So this piece right here where we say, we promise not to spam or share your email address, and you can always unsubscribe at any given point of time, is essentially you being very transparent about what's going to happen when they do give you this information and also going ahead and telling them that they have these rights that they can exercise at any given point of time. So our predictions as industry leaders in this field is certainly aligned to the fact that we see a lot of individuals working towards this level of transparency to build that brand confidence. And I do speak out of my own personal experience where a lot of my customers have seen success with this uh, experience. So what you're really doing is collecting data points standard that would help you, but say I'm a newsletter, I don't need somebody's SSN. So be very realistic about what data you're looking to capture. But here we are collecting email address, first name, and then just some custom choices on how often do you want to hear from us? What would you like to hear from us about? So that you can ensure that anything that goes to them is not spamming them, but essentially relevant content. 
Now, how do you activate this data in the backend is really focused on the fact that once you have all these records of them opting in, them telling you what they prefer, them telling you what kind of content they'd like to hear about, you can analyze the trends, you can understand your demographics better. And then now you can integrate this information with any of your CDPs or marketing automation systems or CRMs to essentially define a better strategy long-term so that your communication outgoing or incoming is very relevant and it stays in a continuous business process because you've built that relation with this end user. Another big thing you'll see throughout this year and over the years is going to be the work that's being put in by organizations to build something called as a trust center. Now, this is a one-stop privacy hub for the end user who is interacting with you to really come in and understand what is it that you are offering? What is it that they have rights towards? What are your disclosure terms? What is your privacy policy? And even maybe go ahead and set up their preferences. So the, the, choices they made on that cool material newsletter, if they ever want to update that, they can go ahead and do it in this trust center. So you'll see a lot of individuals really moving towards this experience because at the end, the complexity that's coming with regulatory changes and amendments and technology is not a complexity that the end users or the consumers or even the data subjects, however you want to call them, have to bear. It's us as a business who's responsible for this. And the best way we can retain or even source more loyal engagements is by providing them this one-stop shop to manage everything and make their life easy. So those are my uh, main notes for you all for predictions throughout 2022. Some of my experiences and some things that I have seen be successful in the past years that would be very relevant throughout the upcoming years. And if you are looking for additional expertise, or even decide on what next steps you want to work on, we at OneTrust are here to help support you. Our main mission is to help you as an organization make trust a competitive advantage. To help you understand how we can help is the fact that we are the largest and the fastest growing organization with over 150 patents. We have close to $920 million raised to support our product, and we have dedicated a lot of customer research and work towards R&D to help you all get better support and ensure that we can support you across all global locations. So for next steps, I recommend that if you're thinking about what you should do, you can always go ahead and sign up for our LinkedIn group, our newsletters. If you want to connect with me directly, you have my contacts here. And Definitely, we are more than happy to provide you more insights via demos. Check out our website if you have any more questions. That's it for me. Have a wonderful session and the rest of the day. Thank you. Bye.